But I think one key takeaway is that we know that maybe because Mitch and I both have experience working with the big enterprises, then we take that learning into community building. This is still an organization that needs to run. So that's why in the first couple of days when we were strategizing, which we're also going to do in the future, we, we did it like a normal organization. You know, we did actually, we wrote objective key results about what we want to achieve, even with the community days. How many community days do we want to have in a year? How many audience uh, do we target for this event? And then what is, you know, we had KPIs for this, which is quite funny. It sounds boring, but we did have. And then when we do our reflection and retro, you achieve not, you achieve not. So we're like really like CAOs. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Extend uh, Women in Tech podcast. And today here with me is uh, Shetty and I, myself, Jonah, uh, are here today to have uh, special guest speakers. And in today's episodes, we will have a guest, uh, Marilak Dimatulak and Michelle uh, Taberau, uh, who are Filipinas in tech who are based in Denmark. And they are uh, passionate uh, community leaders and the founders of ULAP.org. ULAP.org, ULAP in that term means the underrepresented uh, uh, youth learning assistance program, which is uh, which is based in the Philippines, but led by uh, Michelle and Marilag from Denmark or hybrid. <laughs> All right. Uh, 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 Marilag and uh, and Michelle, welcome to our episode today. Can you please uh, give a short introduction about uh, yourselves and what you do? We can start with uh, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you very much, um, Jonah. And thank you very much, Shady, for inviting us. We're very, very excited to share what we do at ulap.org. I am Michelle. I am one of the founders of ulap.org. And you are right, Jonah. We are based in Denmark and uh, we are doing this passion and help for our underrepresented youths in the Philippines. And I'm very, very happy to share what we have done and the future of ulap.org in this very inspiring uh, place, Extend Women in Tech. And with me is Marilag. Hello, really happy to be here. Thank you so much. And um, I was planning to take, you know, a break this month from uh, community works, but I, I really, I'm really happy that this is probably my last um, uh, community work for uh, for the year. And I think it's really important because I am very, very amazed with the advocacy that you women are doing. So thank you for inviting us here. And yeah, so like Michelle has mentioned, I'm also one of the founders of ULAP.org. And we have been doing this together for over two years now, just a little bit over two years. And I am really excited to share mostly about what we have learned about community building and turning something that you're passionate about, turning ideas into a reality and the, you know, the ups and downs, but mostly the ups. So thank you for inviting me. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle and Marilag, for uh, the brief and great introduction about yourself, especially what you do uh, in ULAP.org and our community. And I myself has been a, a community volunteer uh, and mentor 
and I really enjoyed our uh, our graduation day and see the the achievements of our scholars uh, for that. But uh, before we have then about more about ulap.org, can uh, I know Marilag that you are also uh, an, an entrepreneur? Uh, in Denmark, and also a fellow Asher MVP <laughs> and architect and a leader. So yeah, tell me more about uh, uh, what you do outside ulaf.org. Yeah, so that, that is right. Um, I'm a tech entrepreneur. So I started my company, well, together my, with my partner, my husband, uh, last 2016. And it has been quite a ride. You know, I have also learned a lot from that. Um, And what we do is that we are a software development company focusing on building cloud native applications uh, on primarily on Azure, but also multi-cloud. And uh, we work with lots of enterprises here in the Nordics. So I have a team in the Philippines and I'm really happy about that because I mean, sometimes I, I tell people that I didn't have the vision of becoming a business person. Uh, that did not run in our family. We were actually discouraged to start our own business by our own parents because they know the risk. So they wanted us to just finish our study, get a very stable job and, you know, and and do not go into that um, very dangerous risk of starting your own business. Um, But something in me triggered when, because I, I, I know that I really wanted to have a you know software engineering team or something with a software engineering team in the Philippines even after I left because I know there's a lot of talented people from you know where I came from and like people like me who were probably just not landing the right opportunities but with the right opportunities they really really shine so I wanted to give that opportunity to them and that's always been my inspiration with this um, with this with, with this company um, device. And yeah, so as you have mentioned, I'm also a community leader outside of ULAP. So I also had Azure User Group Philippines, or sorry, Azure User Group Manila specifically, and uh, and Azure User Group Denmark. I'm part of that. I, I was not the founder, but uh, I think also a couple of years ago, they invited me to be one of the organizers. And that actually kicked off my, my participation in the community because when I moved to Denmark, I didn't really have a network. So I was for a couple of years just sitting alone in front of a computer, just, you know, coding nonstop. I think most of us will, you know, um, uh, relate to that situation when you're in tech. So you have a tendency to just focus on your task, which is just right in front of the computer. And then moving to a different country that may be challenging to find, you know, your social circle. So one time I volunteered, no, they started joining the Azure user group Denmark, and then they started um, you know, sending out this invitation to become a speaker and I volunteered and that kicked off my ride in this, you know, tech community world. And from then on, I started speaking at different conferences, um, both in and out of Denmark. Yeah, it's been, it's been a really fun, I guess, six, seven years of my life with the tech, um, tech industry. Yeah, that's thank you, Marilog, for sharing your story. I know that your story and your dedication to community to our communities in in the Philippines, Azure User Group Manila, and even even uh, in Denmark uh, and in the Azure community have 
you have inspired me as well in Ulap. So yeah, thank you for sharing with that. And I'm sure Shetty is inspired by your story as well. And she's going to follow both of you and get inspiration from. Uh, let's move to Michelle this time. <laughs> Tell us more about your story and journey to tech and as outside ulap.org. Yeah, thank you, Jonah. Um, so how do I start? <laughs> so we can start with uh, my my journey from the Philippines uh, to, to before I go here in Denmark, yeah. So I graduated with my bachelor's degree, but within uh, my, my bachelor's degree, which is the computer engineering, I started loving open source and the concept of open source of, you know, being able to create a software or an innovation that you can share to others, freely modify, freely create, and then license it on something that you know other people can co-create with you. And I, I, I love that. Like it's it's the one that like it really inspired me to even continue in tech, in a in a way that I advocated for the use of it. So in my bachelor's degree, I have been like you know initiating a lot of programs in relation to open source in the university where I, I, I. I studied, uh, which is Polytechnic University of the Philippines. So like I, I, I founded Software Freedom Day, Linux Day, everything that talks about open source. I go to all the Raspberry Pi, introduce it to the university and all. And then afterwards, I moved to uh, working in a, in a small medium enterprise, which is a software company, where I did a lot of like more evangelism of open source, which I actually really, really love. So we, we started like a new department within that organization. And then we traveled all around the Philippines just to talk about open source. So we organized Linux Day again, Software Freedom Day, all the same things that I've been doing. And then partnered with different universities and uh, had a lot of like, you know, volunteers that talks about it and partnered with different organizations like Python Philippines, Drupal Philippines, Mozilla Philippines, those organizations who has the same value as what we do. And because of that advocacy, it led me to go to Europe because I was so inspired about open source that I applied for a, for a scholarship for a master's program. And when I asked the, 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 the program coordinator why they, they chose me to become part of the master's program and, uh, and uh, chose to be participating the two-year program, all for free, funded by the European Union, they said that your story and your, your advocacy in terms of tech open source and innovation is really amazing. And you've shown that in the Philippines. And I'm really looking forward for you to do more through having a global perspective. And then I, I studied uh, my, uh, my master's degree in Austria and in Denmark. That led me to Denmark. And then afterwards, work here in Denmark, had an experience, met Marilag, <laughs> started ULAP. And then now I'm, I'm working um, in an open source led company, which is Ubuntu or Canonical. It's the publisher of the Ubuntu operating system, which is one of the most and widely used uh, Linux operating system all over the world from, you know, from micro cloud to big uh, 
pri to all private clouds, to supercomputers, to to open source being used in the by NASA, deployed in the moon <laughs> and in Mars. Yeah. So now I'm working in that organization in. Um, to create different data solutions, which we actually open source as well. So that that is my story in terms of like open source and how it led me. And that's the reason why I also co uh, founded ulap.org with Marilag because I see this sense of community, the way we can innovate and create innovations together. But at the same time, you know, the, the topic about cloud native and multi-cloud like really is something that inspired me to contribute and be able to help the Philippines. And also just very recently, I uh, co-founded uh, my own profit organization here in Denmark called Maribatech APS with my partner. That's a very, very small organization and we do IT consulting. So that's that's what I do, <laughs> um, and um, and as Marileg was mentioning, there's so much things to look forward to, and um, and and for me, being able to to share that my past kind of makes me feel more humbled on on the things that. For me, I wouldn't believe I will be able to do, if not because of community and empowering women like you, Jonah and um, Shadi. So yeah, that's my story. Yeah, Thank you so much for sharing. I'm very inspired about your story and the journey to open source uh, community and learn about uh, that <laughs> and the, the more I listen to the details of your story to be honest the more I got I get inspired and my heart is like overwhelming it's really like powerful women in Denmark Filipinas in tech and that's really great uh, do you have something to say Shetty uh, um, comments about uh, the stories yeah. are you inspired as well <laughs> yeah like I haven't I didn't expect uh, stories because the only information I had of both of you was from the Olaf, and then you built our like multitasking and different work and like helping your community. That's so inspiring, and thank you for doing that. Thank you for helping out others. Uh, when we sometimes when we reach some level, that we might forget about those who, who don't get the chance that we get. So. I would like to thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I, I just lost the words because the, <laughs> the questions I, I prepared was only for Olaf and then you guys are so, so the much powerful more. Ones, yeah. right? I know. That's I was like, like, uh... <laughs> so what do I say now, you know? Uh, just want to pass the question to Mary, like you say, do you have a business uh, that you are running right now and then, um, do you remember the time that you want to step on? You both have businesses, uh, uh, but you can start uh, by answering uh, the question. Uh, like, when was the time that you said, oh, this is a time that I should work on a side business or maybe it's a full-time business for you? Uh, do you remember that encounter? Yeah, I remember it very clearly because it's it's again one of those things that is a product of adversary. Um, you know, sometimes 
I'm, I'm at least for me, I'm not the person who have very clear goals in everything. I actually envy people who have things set out for them, who have drawn their future or is very 100% clear of what they wanted to do and then just go and shoot for that target. And I didn't have that. I'm a, kind of a bit more spontaneous kind of person. So that means sometimes things that happen to my life or the decisions that I make, I either leap of faith things and the other ones is driven by needs. It's like, because I needed this, now, now we have to do it. But it's, it's still a combination of a collection of things, right? So subliminal things that you have already thought about, maybe something you have dreamt of in, you know, when you were young in childhood and it's just there in your mind and in your heart, but you're not executing it and you're putting it off. And then suddenly, bang, something happened in your life and you say, this is it. This is it's either you go or you go in the opposite way. But you recognize, you actually recognize the dream um, because you have been thinking about it, but just not focused on it and not doing anything about it, maybe for decades. And then when you see it, you sort of get that hair raising feeling that this is it, but it's so scary. I'm not going to do it no, this can't be real. This is not happening to me. And then you back off. Some things like this. So it's not very solid. It's really very fluid. So when it happened to me, it was, again, brought by adversary or a need for it. It was an emergency. And I, uh, I moved to Denmark and worked for a different company uh, back then, like back in 2010. And, and, and then during that time, I was sort of assigned to be responsible for putting up a department in the Philippines for that company. And I did without knowing anything, just a department. So they wanted to do offshore um, services. So they were working with SAP. And at, back then I was working as a SharePoint consultant. So I was a SharePoint developer. And then they had a big project. This company had a big project of integrating both SAP and SharePoint. And, and then I suggested, why don't we start something in the Philippines? And then I know uh, some people who can do SharePoint development. Oh, okay. So they know how to start a business in the Philippines. I think I have an idea, but I really don't have an idea. But I, I said I have an idea, so I can. No, it's because my family, my 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 father is an accountant, and my sisters are also accountants, so they must have an idea on how to start a business. Um, so I just again took the leap of faith at that time. So I started it, and it was a success. Uh, we were doing really well. And I found and trained some of the SharePoint developers. We start very small and then we're starting to grow. Uh, but unfortunately, that company um, uh, didn't really pan off for, for several business reasons. You know how it is, um, how, how volatile a business can be. So around 2016, I think, yeah. So um, there was a fallout. The partners were breaking up. So then, of course, they decided to go their own way. And I was sort of in Denmark, just left there. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> I'm already here. So I can, of course, find another job. But then the thing is, I have my teammates in the Philippines. And I really love working with them. I see the opportunity. And again, when I, what I mentioned earlier, that just given the right opportunity, people can go places. And I have started something already for that. I have opened the door. And I've started to learn how to not just to, 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 um, to do something technical, but also the whole, um, the whole business of managing people, of leading people, of inspiring people, of talking to people, to tech people and asking, what are your goals? How can we get there? You know, the whole part of people and workforce 
um, leadership that I really, really like on top of the technology that we're working with. And I didn't want to leave them. So I see the opportunity. And then, of course, most part is that I just didn't want to leave them. I didn't want to leave the team. Um, so, so, so me and my partners back then, we were thinking, in all honesty, we have better opportunity to just get a job here in Denmark because of our profile, uh, because we're tech people. And my partner, he's a, a tech project manager. He's actually been offered at that time to become a CIO for a different company, for a big company. And, and we said, okay, should we just do that and just completely forget about the Philippines and what we started there? Or should we take the leap of faith? And we were really needy. And then, and then that's it, that's it. No, we can do it. So without anything, we started the whole company. Just first of all, the two of us, because we can't just really hire um, our teammates in the Philippines. So we asked them, we're just gonna you know, establish the foundation. You can do what you need to do for now. Um, find a different um, work or, or something. But for us, we just needed some, a couple of months just to establish, just the two of us. You know, with all our um, blood and sweat, I would say, right? No investors whatsoever, just the two of us with our computers and one customer who trusts us. Because you can't just really start a business without anything, if you, especially if you know that, you know, people's lives are dependent on it. So you have to take that kind of your risk. So it's like one customer, we can fly with that. Let's do it. We have two computers and a license to Microsoft 365 <laughs> and, and an access to Azure. <laughs> that was it, like a free access to Azure, even like a $200 access to Azure. I can do it. I can learn something. Let's see. So then we started, took the leap of faith. Um, and then, yeah, we too, and then we had the first customer in a couple of months. And then we were working on, um, I, that, that's when I really went in really um, deep into Azure and started learning things about Cosmos DB and at that time called Document DB and the whole um, platform as a service platform to deploy apps. So just, just learning, getting certified uh, along the way. And then slowly we hired our first two um, colleagues and then we needed a UX designer and then it just came from there. And then, and now we're, I think we're 27 people. Wow, that's a great story of uh, business. Uh, inspire, I mean, inspiring story to journey to business industry in tech as well. Thank you for sharing that, Marilog. Uh, I I took inspiration from that because I I myself is considering. I am a consultant right now, but someday before I retire, I want to start my own business. And your story indeed is inspiring uh, because I also have a vision to start a business. Uh, maybe here in Sweden that helps our uh, fellow citizens in the Philippines and you too <laughs> that are business uh, uh, passionate at the same time with this leadership mindset uh, for helping people and sharing knowledge it, are truly inspiring to me and others. So I'm definitely going to uh, go back to this uh, conversation someday and then reach out to you when it's time yeah, for sure, me of course. to do the yeah. same path. <laughs> I did the same with me. We also had some uh, sparing together with the starting um, your own business. But I think I have also learned a lot from it. It's also establishing ULAP. It's the most important when you start anything. 
projects or um, company or a nonprofit organization, a community. And I think this is very obvious, but very important is growing up your why, really understanding your why. why. Why are we doing this? Because that's what gets you up in the morning, to be honest. When things get really, really, really tough um, in the business or in the community, you wake up, you know, 6.30. I can just stay in bed right now. I, I'm pretty happy, you know, it's like minus five degrees today. I can just stay in bed right now and turn <laughs> on the TV and watch a really nice series. And then, you know, that, that, that one sentence about your why is just what pushes you. You know, get out of bed and do the thing that you needed to do. And Mitch also has... Um, taught me how to really be very focused and organized in, in drawing up your wife. So all the sessions that she really invited me into, I learned a lot from that when we were starting Ula from the very beginning in the early days. That's really inspiring. Yeah. I, I truly agree about the, uh, the the true value of finding your wise before you start anything. Uh, the reason why I keep up with a lot of public speaking community volunteering is because of my why as well to to use my skills and knowledge to to inspire others that are that might need it uh, or need some help. Yes, and Michelle, yeah, I heard uh, from Marilug a lot about your. Uh, inspirational uh, inspiration to her uh, vice versa and us inspiring each other and this this conversation is full of like hearts <laughs> yeah it is uh, Maria like inspired me a lot in many many ways so I always tell her that you know she's the big sister I've never had <laughs> Because I felt like I'm following her footprints all the time. Like, you know, when we met each other and established ULAP.org. And then after a year, I suddenly made my own, um, my own profit organization as well. And then, uh, you know, when we were talking and having really good conversations, I was just like, okay, now I can solve my problem because you already experienced it, you yeah, know, from Philippine bureaucracy <laughs> to <laughs> starting a business, to creating new endeavors. Maria like, has really inspired me a lot. And um, talking about ULAP and the why, Jonah, you were also mentioning, I wanna also start like sharing this book I recently, I recently read. It's called Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take an Action. It is really, really nice book. Um, it's just really trying to make sure that you have that, that reason why you wake up in the morning, as Marilag was, was mentioning. And whenever you think about that, everything just matters, right? People might think you've been doing a lot of things. It's just because you're very, you know, motivated and you wanted to do things and inspire other people. And sometimes you just wake up and, you know, the things that you've been doing is not just all about you and not even all about you. It will be for other people. And uh, whenever I think about new endeavors and things that I wanted to start where, whether it's a nonprofit, a community work, um, uh, a business idea that I wanted to work with, or just, you know, a leap of faith I wanted to try, you know, it's just roots you to your values and why. And that's a reason why one thing I wanted to share to the people listening to this podcast is that, you know, when you're clear with your why, and you have established your values on whatever organizations you're trying to establish, 
there's no way that you know you will stop you will just keep on going you might have some quick breaks and brainstorming like me and marilag will do for ulap.org uh, we will have like an ulap.org retreat or something like that but you know that will just make your whys even stronger and yeah you just keep being rooted by those and yeah and for me also jonah you really also inspire me a lot and sometimes i thought about like oh jonah she's so active oh, how can she keep up with everything like i'm, I'm so amazed by that and yes. uh, like you have podcast community um work. a lot of work <laughs> on migration very recently <laughs> yeah so like you know how can she keep up with that and as you mentioned you're also rooted with the wise and yes and that's that's very important and for me to be able to be surrounded by amazing women and amazing people around me that keeps on supporting all the things that i kept on thinking <laughs> and envision that's also another reason why i was able to execute things and i'm very grateful for that yes thank you for uh, for sharing your inspiring words michelle and marilag i was thinking of oh, the start with your why by simon sanek is also like one of the books that i like to read he has good books and he he talks about mentorship as well and finding your why's and uh, being in the infinite game uh, books as well um one of the things that i also like uh I find challenging to be honest because is you if you notice you're inspired that I do a lot of things and how can I co cope up with that and the reason why I can't cope up it's because of my passion and my why's but also you have to think about I am also starting to be honest reflecting on taking care of myself as well in a way that you find the balance of learning how to say no even with the things that you love or passionate about, and also setting time uh, for uh, rest and breaks. So I, I heard Marilag mentioned that this might be one of her like community uh, engagement for the year. And I also like, I'm also counting the last few community engagement that I have this month before the year end so I can have the last two weeks of the year to restart, uh, recharge and to take a break because it's also important uh, 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 part of our what do you call that recharging <laughs> for the next coming year to come more wise to to get inspiration from exactly i do agree i'm also very curious about shade and the way you started your extend women in tech and uh, you're wise with it because like I was scrolling the podcast site and I was like, this is a lot of people you have interviewed. <laughs> and if you have started it even before it was rebranded, like how can you cope up with this? It's, it's amazing. Yeah, um, to be honest, I'm not like you guys, so many community work. I'm just starting with, with, with this podcast, but you are inspiring to do a lot of community work back in back at home. Um, you might you might can give me an advice how I can start that. How can I inspire women in in my country as well? But the the, the way we started or when I first came up with this idea was I I listened some uh, podcasts relating to tech and which were running by female and then um, it was like not the way I wanted it. 
And uh, when uh, the former co-host invited me to a Facebook group for uh, women of color in tech in Sweden, I accepted the invitation and then it was not active. Oh, okay, I, enjoy, I joined this group. So what's next? And then are we really uh, benefiting from this uh, group? Uh, nothing was being done at that point. So I was like, okay, shall we start a podcast? Because that will engage us all. Like, and you can, even the idea was not even for myself. Uh, uh, there were two women who started this group and then I it would be great to listen to your talking about tech and then because you both are in tech and then why don't you guys start and then we will be listening and then that will make us an active participants and then uh, they said oh okay since you brought the idea why don't you be one of the co-hosts and then uh, I became a host uh, then afterwards so that's how I started it uh, and then uh, it became uh, a thing for me now, like you guys. Uh, yeah, I need to, to work more, to, to engage more and to bring so more, much more things into this podcast and other community work as well. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's a coincidence. This morning I was listening to one story and uh, the guy was saying, oh, you have to find your wife. And then, okay, you go and you guys <laughs> talk about the why. Uh, it's a confirmation for me, okay? Uh, when I do some things, I should ask them uh, why I'm doing this, uh, why I uh, want this business or endeavor. So thank you for <laughs> double-checking, to double-check myself with uh, your stories. Um, going forward, uh, shall we continue uh the, the time that you started your uh, OLAP, I have seen in the in the uh, your website that there are scholarships that you give. Can you tell us more about that? Who are training there? Who uh, like how do you fund your organization and so forth? Yeah, so we started ULAP approximately like two years ago. And good news is that we were able to have our scholars graduate from our program. So what does ULAP.org scholarship means, right? So uh, we acknowledge that uh, there's so much things to do in terms of knowledge sharing, knowledge transfer, support that we needed to give to underrepresented youths in the Philippines, not because we just acknowledge and see that, but because we became part of it on, during our time. And that led us to become more inspired on how do we actually solve the issues of you know, not being able to get opportunities that you should as young as possible. With, because you might have some issues or problems in terms of accessibility or people that can support you. And that's what ULAP.org program called Cloud Career Kickstarter program started. Yeah, so we have this um, learning platforms through different um, cloud computing providers. And these learning platforms and technologies that they have are the tools that these underrepresented youths can learn, use, so that they can upskill on their cloud computing um, knowledge at an early stage. So what we did is that uh, through this program, we opened um, 
10 slots for 10% youths in the Philippines to get free trainings and certifications, whether it's AWS, Azure, or Alibaba, and then have those trainings be conducted within ULAP.org or our partner organizations or our uh, professional trainers like Jonah in the call um, to conduct those trainings to them. And then afterwards, they have an opportunity to take certifications for free. So as a student or as a youth who is just, you know, uh, having your bachelor's degree currently, um, you, you don't really have those all those means, right? To be able to pay for your certification, to get trained, to have an assurance that you will get something out of it that can help you prosper your career growth on the time when you were studying, but at the same time after your study. So then we gave this opportunity and we opened the application. It has sets of requirements where they can apply. And then we chose those 10 10 uh, scholars which are located from different parts of the Philippines and different islands of the Philippines. Meet them, create a community that inspires mentors and um, just make sure that you know we provide them what they need. So aside from all the training and certification is the mentorship that we give, which is a very necessary work that you have to do and give if you wanted to really inspire those people. So as an organization, we're just very, very lucky, let's say, but at the same time, very grateful that we have signups of volunteers who can actually mentor those students. So these are professionals like Jonah, Fred, I will say all the names. <laughs> you know, they are professionals who have been in the field from five, 10 years, like really a lot of years, who has an extensive industry experience and cloud computing. Here are the, the these amazing and very, very like, you know, selfless people coming in and mentoring those scholars who submitted their motivational uh, like letters, why they would like to be part of the scholarship program. And kind of like, you know, making sure that that we fulfill what they needed from that motivation letter, which says, I wanted to be inspired, I wanted to be mentored, I wanted to gain knowledge, I wanted to be out there and meet the community. And that are most of those consolidated reason why they applied. So we have them graduated, uh, we, they graduated last November, this November, this year, and we are just very, very grateful from the process of application to the process of giving them trainings and mentorship to building relationships within the organization and for them to be out of the program, but not really out because they can still help, they can still be trained if they wanted to, and they can still reach out to us if they needed mentorship. That is the long lasting relationship that we wanted to build within this organization. And of course, Marilag, <laughs> I've been telling about the whole process, but Marilag has shared to me the best reflections ever after the graduation of our scholars. Would you like to share that reflections? I think we have, is there one particular, because I think we spent a couple of, uh, I think an hour or two after the graduation really you know, really, really brainstorming and sharing. Is there one particular inspiration uh, that you want me to share or everything? <laughs> you, you are, I, I got really inspired when you say that, you know, um, finally we got to see the fruit of the vision that yes. we have had 
thought that will be helpful. And it's just very surprising and amazing that it actually come to Fruton, but at the same mm. time, it's not just validating our idea is working, that we actually truly help people who are in need. And uh, just, yeah, those things. It's really, yeah, I really think, yeah, I think um, it was the moment. It's just when the moment, we remember us sitting together after we have gone through the applications. Um, because we also asked the, um, the students to, yeah, write the essay, but also make a very short video about themselves and then to just show us, you know, their way of life because um, they live in different parts of the Philippines. So, so we wanted to also get to know them first and have an idea of what kind of background you're coming from. So we know how to address them personally, like, you know, how to we cater, uh, um, cater the mentoring and the program to their very specific needs. So we wanted to get to know them at that level. And that's challenging if you're not there physically. So we asked them to make a video and I think <laughs> Mitch and I would just call each other write each other oh my god I started crying you know I watched uh, this video and I just started crying and it was very emotional to be honest and I told the the we told that to the scholars as well I started crying or we started crying all the time not about your way of life or your stories or not about that but for me, I cried because I can't believe that there are these amazing young people, super strong, who's doing everything to get ahead of everyone, to maybe get out of some of the challenging situations they are in, and still be very, very smart, very eloquent with their language, their vocabulary, their technical skills. And I was just sitting there, and I've been in this industry for 20 years, and sometimes I don't feel like I'm that strong <laughs> or I'm that good so I was just crying because I was so inspired by them and like I can't be I'd like I want an opportunity to meet this type of people uh in our lifetime so and so you wanted it to succeed and that's you know you wanted to make sure that we actually give the correct program and the, oppor the opportunity that we have promised them from the very beginning that that's actually what they get and of course, it's a for our first year, so it has been very challenging. We had to be and like many businesses, again, many organizations, you have to pivot all the time. You have to realize this one doesn't work. We need to change this. This cadence doesn't work. Um, so even with our very well-defined journey for the scholars, you see, at like I think half no a year into it, we decided we will just extend it. It's not one one-year program. That's not possible. These kids are still in school. They're still studying. We needed to pivot our journey, our timeline to accommodate for all these things that we have learned along the way, but we still wanted to succeed. And then sometimes, and I think what Mitch was referring to with this reflection is sometimes you feel like, have we done enough? Have we, did we really do the right thing? And during that graduation um, with the graduates where they share all their messages, we look at each other and it's like, I think we did the right thing. I think we, we can feel we, we did the right thing. We're doing the right thing. It's not the perfect thing. It hasn't been perfect all along, but we are doing, we're in the right direction, especially with one of the scholars when he was explaining about, you know, the nature of, um, you know, like the pay it forward nature that if you help, <clears throat> if you help 10 people in five generations, that's 100,000 people because of the exponential effect of that. And that's sometimes one of the things that we, um, we reflect on, or I, at least for me personally, we're like 10, it's 10. Why can't we just do, I, I, I remember, why can't we just do 100? 
um, we've had some conversations with some of the public sector here in Denmark, like the, 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 the Philippine Embassy in Denmark, and they're really supportive of us. But then at some point in the, you know, in the midst of, of this first year, we were already being very ambitious. Let's, let's take more. Let's teach more students. Let's go all over the country. Let's have 100,000 students or something like that. We were looking already at scale. I think we have a drawing of our scaling plan because we were so excited about the vision that we can say uh, it's better if more people will benefit from it but then we had another reflection each and I at some well, along the way that maybe this is not the right thing for now because if we do this for now we're still learning and we think we look at their scholars and we look at them and say we can't give a, a capacity that we have now we can't give the same personalized very intimate support to our current 10 scholars so so we didn't go for that right away. So we we stick to the we actually extended the time with them instead of just saying okay you're we're, we're done with this batch and let's take the next batch which is like a hundred and the next year is going to be five hundred. It sounds very tempting, but we didn't do it. We said no, let's take our time with the same ten young people that we have promised success to, and that's what we did. And then during the graduation, I think we felt like. It's, I'm so happy with that's what we ended up doing. So, yeah. Yeah, I was actually in the graduation as well and very inspiring. Like one of the first virtual uh, graduation I've attended that's full of inspiration. Like everyone were just thinking to each other. And I had a, the privilege to do the closing remarks. And I did openly share to, to all the scholars about my journey, mentorship journey with my mentee, that the first time we had our mentoring um, session, I was touched by her story, just like how Marilag and Mitch were, were inspired by the different stories of the scholar. And a, a mentorship is, is actually two ways. It's not just about you mentor, like reaching out and I mean, helping your mentee, but it's actually two way in a way that I also learned and got inspired and was touched by the story of uh, my mentee, which, uh, which kind of reflects of my own journey as well. When I was growing up in the Philippines, uh, where I had to also work hard and strive hard to get a scholarship to get to where I am right now. And if I were to go back in, uh, in the past and I was a student like my mentee, I could have wished that ULAP.org existed back then at that time. Then I could have had the, the great support I get from the organization. But uh, that like everything is a reason, everything is a purpose. And I'm very happy and inspired about what you've been doing to um, Mitch and uh, Marilag. So I, I did I did raise my hand already to uh, continue with your future <laughs> ventures uh, in ULAP.org as well. Thank you so much, Jonah, for always supporting. We feel it a lot, <laughs> especially for us. Like, you know, we are all based in the Nordics currently right now. And still, you know, through the power of technology and be able to do virtual help through what we do in the community. It's, 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 it's just something that like, oh my God, in my time, it's not that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> but I wish I could have some people who was like Jonah at that time or like this yes. who can actually really help me on my endeavors. And 
yeah, what we can only do is to share what we have. And uh, yeah. that's, that's what we, we do. We inspire them because we could have had have that uh, opportunity, right? So, yeah. And that's the reason why we have our stories of adversaries and challenges, because that's what made us stronger uh, individually. Uh, Marilla shared her story. Uh, you also shared your story. Shetty has a story. My, I have a story. So I think there's uh, a purpose of uh, adversary that we face that uh, keep us fighting and resilient in, in everything. Uh, and thanks to the community, family, and friends that uh, keep supporting us. Because without inspiring people, I don't think we can do it alone by ourselves, right? So it's really, it's really inspiring. Sherry, do you have any last few questions uh, to yeah. Marilag and Mitch before we finalize our, our episode? <laughs> I have seen that you have, you prepare a lot of events. Um, and then my question would be like, what, what kind of um, aim do you have when you prepare those events? And then what do you want to accomplish? I can start with that. So like whenever we work on our vision and then we will do a how afterwards. So like, you know, why, why are we doing these things? And then who now we have some people that we know within the network, when are we doing it? And we plan it within the year. And then how are we doing it is because we have defined the what. So we have the programs, which is the, the scholarship, but we also have those community days where we prepare a lot of events and we create like more virtual seminar. And we also did an in-person uh, event actually, where we invite people and speakers to come and speak about you know, the technologies or cloud computing innovations that they have been working on and or career related talks. So that's how we organize the, the events that we have. We, we plan it a year ahead. We put it in our calendars already. We have um, every, every two months a meetup within the organization. So a community meetup. And then every quarter, uh, a public community event for everyone, where we organize and invite people and share knowledge in a live session. And we also have those uh, in-person events that whenever me or Marila goes home to the Philippines, we just like, okay, let's organize something and have an in-person event. And that is more kind of like um, depend on our schedule and then we were able to make it. Yeah, I think we just really have a long-term plan and stick into it. And um, the, the good news about us organizing these events is that uh, before ULA and before all of these, we have already established a network. And we started with that established network. And then we started ULA and that network even grew to a bigger, even bigger network which actually is for us is very amazing and something that I like all the time makes me amazed that, you know, whenever you are in the community, you will never, never drain or drain out of like, you know, amazing people who can share knowledge to those events that you wanted to do, because that's already the, the network you have built or started building. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit of strategy of the events and what we do. And Marilag 
on the other side, you also have Azure user group events that you have been doing and all the conferences you've been attending, so. Yeah, but talking about strategizing, right? Um, like I said, so we see the community and it's, it's very inspirational. But I think one key takeaway is that we know that maybe because Mitch and I both have experience working with the big enterprises, then we take that learning into community building. This is still an organization that needs to run. So that's why in the first uh, couple of days when we were strategizing, which we're also going to do in the future, we, we did it like a normal organization. You know, we did actually, we wrote objective key results about what we want to achieve, even with the community days. How many community days do we want to have in a year? How many audience uh, do we target for this event? And then what if, you know, we had KPIs for this, which is quite funny, it sounds boring, but we did have. And then when we do our reflection and retro, you achieve not, you achieve not. So we're like really like CAOs um, of this company. Um, so, so, so we did that. But understanding why do we even have that OKR, right, for this community event. On the other hand, so we wanted to target ULAP is supposed to be very open. So we wanted, we didn't want to stick to one technology. I think that's what also makes it special because it sends out that signal to the young people that right now you don't have to choose. At the end of the day, they're all just technology. You can, they, they probably have a different way of using them, but it's much more important is what to know what is the problem you're trying to solve and understand that first and then pick out the tool um, that's necessary. And, you know, we were trying to kind of remove all these silos and technology wars between the great players, which are all very equally, you know, competitive. So we just wanted to have fun and learn all of them. So the events were, um, were targeted towards that. So we have events for AWS Focus. We had one event for Azure. We had one event with Alibaba, of course, and one we have event with, I think we also did one event in Google. And then the second term, we actually did, let's see, now we've done that. Let's try multi-cloud events. So one event where you talk about specific technology that can run in different clouds. So try to, you know, um, do it upside down so and that was also successful but understanding the vision of ULAP that it has to be open technology is what inspires us to find the right topics and the right people another whole theme about the whole ULAP and how do we leverage the network uh, as Michelle has mentioned that we already have because we're two people and of course very great volunteers but that's not enough to have this going you need the fund for the scholars you need the trainers you need the time the everything it's it's, it's a machinery right so the, the whole theme of ULAP is that we're using and leveraging what's already out there that's very good. So for example, even with the training and the certification, we didn't want to build our own curriculum to train the students. We need to reuse the official um, curriculum for Azure, official curriculum and learning resources for AWS and for Alibaba. Now we have those resources. That's why we actually partner with, um, with organizations that provide online learning platforms. So we don't have to do it ourselves. We're very lazy. We don't, well, can't do it. We don't have the capacity. Let's use what's out there. So we did that. And that's the same with the events. It's like we've have partnered with some of the tech communities that are already organizing the events and ask them if they can co-organize. So we don't have to, sometimes we also find our own speakers, but they're very willing to do that. Um, and we even partner with actual organizations like Alibaba help a lot with bringing out their own tech people and giving us this free workshop um, with their own trainers. So 
I think that's the whole theme. And in the future, it's going to be the same. Um, we, we didn't want to build our own training center or our own event management. We just wanted to be the sort of the platform so that people who wanted to give help have one way of doing it and the right target. So, yeah. Yeah. And speaking about OKR, actually, maybe just a little bit of that, maybe internal events, like around 15 internal events, partnered event, I, I cannot count, I think more than 30 or something, because we partner with organization that get us as, as a speaker, or for, in, for an event that is public that we organize by itself, I think I can count from 10 to 15, you know, so there's really so much things happening. But at the end, it was just really fun executing the whole thing. And uh, I think we try to count all of these things and how, how should we do that and what we should say yes or no to. And some of these events by itself, I think we overachieved our set objectives and key result. It's also not because of the quantity, but it's also just, you know, it's the quality, but at the same time, you know that every event that you join or participate in, like just your... Your, it's a learning platform for you as well. So it's it's really nice. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted yeah. to add before we forget that I might, one of my favorite events are the ones that we did with our academic partners. Uh, so it's not oh, the, yes. the, 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 the normal public workshop. So we actually partnered with some schools and then a few of them invited us to do technical talks to, you know, to either their students and then there's also one in Indonesia. Um, where we get to talk with some of the underrepresented youths uh, in Indonesia talking about tech. And that was very inspiring. I remember that one. They had a lot of questions. And one of my, um, I think one question that made an impact with me is about uh, this student and uh, saying, um, how do you uh, make sure that, because you're targeting underrepresented youths, like um, that you, 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 don't, you, you try to fix this issue of the, the like the he, I I forgot the actual actual term that he used, but like that they don't uh, the the people that the kids that are with more privilege, and then the kids that are underserved that they don't collide with each other. The, I, you weren't there, me, but it was a very very insightful question. I didn't know how to answer that. You know, it's like how 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 do you make us feel that we don't hate the more privileged kids because we're here, and what they're getting. Um, and I was just sitting there and how can I, how can I answer this, you know, <laughs> um, but it's all about, like, like I said, of course, focusing about yourself and not, you know, what others and then taking inspiration from each other instead of looking at we're different from, from you, um, something around that, that terms, but so, so we do also these kinds of events with the schools. And I think that's also one of my, some of my favorite events. Yes. Thank you so much, uh, Mitch and uh, Marilla, for sharing your story. I really like the, uh, uh, it's, it gets interesting when you shared about like the structure and strategies, like putting the business uh, mindset both of you have and apply it to the community and organizations that you lead. Uh, that's really interesting because I don't think that's uh, that's so common. <laughs> so yeah, and I, I love that uh, it's people driven what you drive. <laughs> I mean, in your communities, what you lead the, the, the business and event community, because I think uh, business is also like we deal with people even in software development, we deal with people and that's also with community and everything in tech is really about people. And it's not just 
the computer is coding itself, but it's the people building something in that machine. So uh, I really like that. And we have we are out of time soon, but I have I, I have the privilege to ask the last question uh, for both of you or any of you if you have the answer. Do you have any advice to those who are un underrepresented uh, if they want to pursue a career in tech? <laughs> Were you saying we should talk to Jonah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this time I'm the host. <laughs> oh, you can start, Mario. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, okay, I, I didn't want to repeat about all the whys, right? But I've been in the tech industry for, for so many years, more than I can remember. I think it's over 20 years, right? And when the time, when it, the things get very hard, like with, with programming, and of course, tech is not only programming. Let's say you're, you're in site reliability engineering where things are not working or a server is going down or, um, or people are complaining, uh, users are complaining um, because what you have delivered isn't up to the requirements and, and you're learning a new language or there's a bug that you cannot find. So some of this, I think in our industry, it's a little bit tricky because not one thing is the same. Every piece of code and requirements and situations and scenarios are very unique so it's hard to really you can find best practices from anything you can learn you can learn from the multitude of learning resources out there of course that will give you a really good foundation um and then uh, of course you can learn for a lot from your colleagues you can learn a lot from the community and experience of course matters but sometimes at the end of the day and and i'm going to be very straightforward and honest there are days where you, you're alone on your task. And the community is there, the learning resources there, the forums are there where you can ask questions, but then you will experience one day that no one else can maybe help and you are alone in your task and you're the only person who can solve that for, uh, for you or for the project. And that's when it gets quite frustrating. And you will experience that. And I'm saying that outright to the underserved youth and young people, because that's also parallel to maybe your, um, your current situation, not just in tech and programming and career, but in your current situation where you try to get help as much as possible from your friends and your family. But at the end of the day, maybe you're the only one who can help yourself. And that, and that same skill will help you with in your private and in your career, in your tech career. So my, my, my advice is really, and I mean this, take care of yourself. Really get yourself to be as much as you can, be strong. Maybe, of course, we get the, as much help as you can, but at the end of the day, to know how to, when it's the time that you help yourself. Because when it's just the time comes that you're strong enough, that's when you can solve the problem. And then when you solve the problems in computing, you solve a lot of people's problems because that's the essence of tech. Tech is there to solve people's problems. So we can, you can find the strength to solve it on your own. You, that one single sole person, you're actually solving a lot of problems for so many people. But in order to get there, you need to find the strength in yourself. Like right now, this is on me. I need my help. But at the end of the day, this is on me and I'm going to do it. And so take that with you wherever you go when you're starting in school with your, um, with your families, with your friends. And then once you get into tech, 
to always believe in yourself because you do know, and not just, you know, fake believe, I believe in myself because you do know deep inside that you have tried your best to take care of yourself, your, your, your mental health, your physical health. And yeah, and those two matters and, and you will achieve it and you will succeed. That's just my take on it. Yes, thank you, Marilag. I like the 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 advice or input you have about taking care, being getting the strength so that you can inspire. Because I I truly believe as well that you cannot inspire if you yourself don't have that strength and inspiration to do that, and also the whys that we've been talking about. So thank you for that. Uh, let's hear from Michelle this time. Yeah. So advice for uh, underserved or underrepresented who would like to start career in tech. Um, for me, underrepresented by itself as a definition or underprivileged, you can define it in so many, many ways. You can be underrepresented because of your income financially or your, or your, um, your how you have an access to technology or how you're represented as into gender everything it can be defined in 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 many many ways but for me if i would like to give an advice to those people who feel underrepresented is that it's okay that you feel like that and you have to acknowledge that feeling that you are underrepresented because once you've acknowledged that that specific definition of yourself shouldn't stop you from doing what you like. And if that's being in tech and starting a career in tech, that will even drive you to be better. That will even drive you to become a representative of the group that you feel like you belong and wanted to be heard. And I hope that that drive will keep and help you move forward in your life whether it's helping the people who are in need because of poverty, whether it's driving women to be good in tech because we don't see much people or women working in this specific group, or whether just you feeling underrepresented by your capabilities, right? And the most important thing of feeling that is that that is the driving force that will keep you move forward. And don't feel like it's, it's a weakness. It's actually a strength that can help you uh, be yourself and even inspire other people. I think that's my advice. All right. Thank you so much. We are reaching to our end. And I would like to give you the chance that uh, how can our audience reach you uh, any links uh, you have or uh, I know olap.org is one but uh, any other additional uh, platform that people can reach you out yes uh, we have our website www.ulap.org if you have any questions please email at, at info at ulap.org but at the same time we're all over the social media from instagram facebook twitter it's also ulap.org itself it's just a matter of where the underscore is <laughs> but other than that um if you wanted to also follow me as a person <laughs> and you have questions about open source, um, community building, etc., you can reach to me on LinkedIn at uh, Michelle, Michelle Tabirao. Thanks, uh, Marla. 
Yeah, that, that's the same for me. If you want to reach me uh, personally, then I'm on usually on Twitter. Uh, just look for Marilug, or I'm also on LinkedIn. So just look for Marilug. Uh, it's actually Marilug's vending now. I just recently got married. Um, so or Marilug Dimatulak Svenvig, you can find me um, on LinkedIn as well. And I'm also on Instagram. Um, but that's a bit more my artsy side, so <laughs> I don't talk so much about tech on Instagram. <laughs> I try not to, but I'm also there. So, yeah, looking forward to to connect with you. Yes, uh, thank you so much, uh, Marilag and Michelle, for being here. Uh, you two are inspiration to me, and I'm so happy that in the Nordics, I have uh, Filipinas in tech uh, neighbors in Denmark that are uh, truly inspiring as as you are. So I really appreciate your time and effort to join us today uh, in recording this uh, episode. And also thank you to Chetty <laughs> for today. So yeah, follow uh, Michelle and Marilak. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed our episode uh, today. And I hope to see you uh, next time or on our next episode. And if we don't have any uh, before the end of the year, we wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you Thank for you. being here with us. Thank, Thank you. you. Happy New Thank Year you. and uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Yes. Thank you.